It's time once again for Take 10, an opportunity for us to bat about an issue and a topic with our expert on psychology, Dr. Jamie Heisman, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert on caregiving and addictions as well. And sitting in for Carol Zerniel today, Tina Smith, who is steeped in caregiving and caregiving resources, heads up the Caregiver SOS program for the caregiver aspect at the WellMed Charitable Foundation. I'm Ron Aaron. So, Dr. Jamie, we're at a time when if you were to paint a picture and do a description of a caregiver, uh, chances are uh, it would paint someone who's really very concerned about the state of the world and the state of caregiving and maybe, uh, in a sense, already depressed. No doubt. No doubt. And what we see is these exacerbators, you know. A, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. It's courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. That's the definition of really caregiving. We, our loved one gets a chronic illness, terminal illness, acute illness. We're taking care of them. We're powerless over how they got there. And now we have to deal with our own reactions to this. So there's no difference between the caregiver and COVID. So you take that, which you just described, put it on steroids, because now you have COVID, which is something else you can't control. Let's say Category 5 sort of emotional hurricane that's coming your way. And now you don't only have somebody who's caring for themselves who possibly is depressed, not taking care of their own life, not going to doctor's appointments themselves, putting their loved one first. But now they're getting even more overwhelmed and I think even more controlling and more isolated. And they're not even able to help get the doctors engaged in their own minds because they're not taking their loved ones to a doctor. And yet, Clinics, WellMed especially, are reaching out with telemedicine, trying to touch every one of their patients and families uh, as the next best thing to in-person treatment. They are, and I'm sure Tina will have a take on this one because she runs a fabulous uh, caregiver treat, uh, you know, drop-in centers. Uh, but to be frank with you, uh, we can reach out as much as we want, I think, until you allow the caregiver to feel safe. And that's why we're doing a lot of patients and um, hopefully caregiver outreaches and feel that they can hear the message that we're there for you. We're on a shared journey with you. I think they're going to shut down because the media is overwhelming. There's not a lot of guidelines. They're going to go into their own. It's going to feed the beast of depression and anxiety. And um, we got to be very heroic and innovative to get them out. What are your it's concerns? So, as a, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, it's, Tina, it's, go it's ahead. Say, I mean, it's, it's so important because, you know, with, and we've talked about this before, just with the, you know, caregiving is hard anyway, managing, you know, your loved one's health, health care needs and keeping up with your own can be overwhelming. But with the, with the COVID, the whole situation, there's just even more uncertainty. Um, and, you know, is it safe to go to the doctor? Is it safe to go out? Um, you know, how, how do I manage all of this? And so, you know, but unfortunately we're seeing cases where, you know, People aren't going to the doctor for just the routine care. And so that's adding to the health issues. That's adding to the, the levels of need that they may have. And it's just, it's dangerous. And so we do want to encourage, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to, you know, call the, call the office and say, how can we do this safely? We need to, you know, get my loved one checked out for their, you know, the heart issues or, or whatever it might be. Um, so, cause you want to, you want to maintain that so that, you know, things don't get, don't get worse. And, and we know, Dr. Jamie, one of the challenges, uh, of course, the more 
people get depressed, the more that links to suicide. Mm-hmm. And is there a concern in, uh, in the mental health community that we may begin seeing more suicides among those who feel trapped at home? It's true, Ron. And there's actually, I don't want to scare everybody, but there's a continuum of suicide. There's those who act on it. You know, there's those who think about it. And there's those who do neither and literally feel hopeless and helpless and create what we call passive suicidal reactions. So when things become so overwhelming and they feel that they don't have any worth or value or don't, don't deserve to be well, they just will make poor decisions, poor medical decisions, poor behavioral decisions. And so we're seeing that the increase in suicide hotlines now is up 900%. I mean, that's a staggering number. Mm-hmm. And it's, it makes sense, though. If you're already taking the current situation and you exacerbate it or trigger it and make it worse and not give somebody the practice skills, the intervention to help themselves, their mind, body, and soul, it's got to get worse. And so these people are treading water, and now many are sinking. Did I understand that correctly? 900% increase in calls to suicide hotlines. You did. And those are the people who literally reach out. And so I say that because that, that continuum I talk about, there are those people who want to catch it. God love them. They know it's a, a crazy momentary sort of decision for a long-term, unfortunately, untreated issue. And they themselves want to get help. But then there's those who literally are in that passive place who just go and make suicidal sort of uh, decompensating decisions because they don't feel they're worth it. So, yes, you're seeing an increase on the ones who want to have an intervention. And there's a whole group that are being affected who, who just is okay not getting intervention. So what do we do as a society? Well, we're, unfortunately, we're seeing it, right? We're seeing a lot of things. We haven't really realized the mental health implications. Yes, we see mental health high on everybody's agenda. And yes, we finally become focused and aware. So we're dealing with the real medical byproduct, which is, you know, 170,000 plus deaths and increasing every day. But the mental health issues, the domestic abuse, which is up 400% because we obviously are putting people together in the house and they may have never looked at some of these controlling of domestic issues. We're putting the suicide issues up, depression. So what we're going to see, I think, and unfortunately, I don't want to do a big deal here because I think everybody's got to get a hold of their own issue and see that they find out their why in life. Their why is something that can keep them going. But... You know, for those, we're going to see a society that's been held together by scotch tape and glue, and COVID is exposing them. At, at the federal level, and if you move on down through state and local levels, are the resources there, to the best of your knowledge, to provide the mental health services that folks need? They're not, Ron. I'm going to flat out tell you as much as, you know, that's why I love for families and people to become much more educated because. Again, you hear me always say it, the social regulation piece is the piece that gets us out of depression and fight, fight, or freeze. And so we have to be very knowledgeable ourselves about our family members and watch the observable symptoms in them. I will say, because, you know, psych services, heck, you're only going in now for Baker Acts. And many people won't even, which is crisis involuntary holds. And then many people won't even go for that because of COVID. So then you have addiction, people relapsing. Well, you don't have a lot of, um, of dollars and cents for that. Most Addiction costs so much money. So we don't have an infrastructure of mental health. And we have, you know, clinics and providers out there for, you know, the federally qualified health centers and community health centers, but they're overwhelmed and besieged. So this is really exposing us and, and our public health system, which needs a huge overhaul. 
He's Dr. Jamie Heisman. I'm Ron Aaron. Tina Smith is sitting in for Carol Zerniel today on Take 10. And I want to come back to something you just said, because most folks don't know what the Baker Act is, Dr. Heisman. Yeah, well, in Florida, it's called the Baker Act. It was named after the family, the Baker family. And it meant that if somebody has a plan of action for suicide and literally uh, utters those words in front of a licensed clinical social worker, psychologist, or police officer, or physician, that that person has a duty at that point to actually place them in an involuntary hold for 72 hours in a psych hospital. And the Baker Act says that uh, then they'd be reevaluated to say if they still are homicidal suicide. Every state, I'm sure, including Texas, who is listening to this broadcast, has the equivalent. We just happen to call it the Baker Act here. And it provides that immediate intervention. Do folks who are contemplating suicide tell people that? You know, it's interesting, Ron. Um, the saddest part is that when a person really gets to, I can Baker Act somebody as a licensed clinician. They then can get to the ER, and I'm putting them in on involuntary hold. But if they seem halfway okay and cogent, they can actually talk their way out of it, and then they take the Baker Act off. Wow. So really, yeah, at the end of the day, um, it's a very much a cyclic system or mental health issue. And so I really go back to the issue of families need to watch, be aware, educate themselves, and put their arms around their loved ones and not rely on the safety net out there because the safety net is really not there. We need to take care of ourselves, take our oxygen first, and then make sure our loved ones feel they're in a secure and safe environment where they can talk. Jamie and Tina, thank you. We are flat out of time. Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist and an expert on caregiving and addictions. Tina Smith sitting in for Carol Zerniel, our co-host today on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us. 